Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, and I'm glad to serve as your Bible teacher every day on this great radio station on today's edition of Pathway to Victory. You know, we keep hearing over and over again that our culture is evolving. We're getting better and better as a civilization. But the evidence suggests the contrary. We are devolving, and it is that moral and spiritual deterioration that is the final sign of the coming of Jesus Christ. Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffress. As you read through the headlines these days, our country seems to be spiraling deeper and deeper into moral decline. How much worse will things get? Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress explains why our country's rapid spiritual deterioration will ultimately lead to its demise. It's a message called The New Moral Disorder. Now, here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's study. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome to a brand new week of Bible teaching on Pathway to Victory. A few years ago, I made a statement that shocked my community. Maybe it was the fact that I wrote these words on a prominent billboard in Dallas. It was intended to promote an upcoming event at First Baptist Dallas, the church I pastor. On the billboard, I made this simple statement, America is a Christian nation. (laughs) Wow, these five simple words triggered an uproar. And why? Well, it disrupts the agenda of those who are trying to rewrite American history. And it runs contrary to the dramatic escalation of anti-Christian socialism. For these reasons and more, I decided to write a book for you and your family. Knowing that you care deeply about our country, this book will reinforce your confidence that America was indeed founded as a Christian nation. And for a few more days, you're invited to request a copy of this new gift book when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. The book will arrive at your home along with a DVD recording of my message on this topic, exploring the historical evidence for the Christian foundation of our nation. Both of these resources are called America is a Christian Nation. I believe that our future success as a nation depends upon our country returning to our biblical foundation and remaining faithful to the eternal truths of God's Word. When you give to Pathway to Victory, you are employing this ministry to broadcast these truths all across our country. David and I will give further details about these opportunities later on. But right now, it's time to resume our series called America and the Bible. Today's message is titled, The New Moral Disorder. Perhaps you've seen this headline, Most Americans Think Country Headed in Wrong Direction. Did you know a recent survey revealed that 66% of Americans agree with that sentiment? How is it that our nation has gotten so far off track? Billy Graham provides an insightful answer. He writes, That moral and spiritual decadence is upon us today becomes evident at every turn of our daily newspaper. We live in a day when old values are rejected and the sense of significance and purpose has disappeared from many people's lives. Yes, we need to cry out to be saved, saved from ourselves. For it is the soul of a nation and a culture that is dying. 
The world is on a moral binge such as was not known even in the days of Rome. We have at our fingertips every pleasure that man is capable of enjoying and man has abused every gift God ever gave him, including sex, until he no longer finds joy and satisfaction in them. Dr. Graham wrote those words in his book, World of Flame, that was published in 1965. If it was true then, how much more true is it now? You know, we keep hearing over and over again that our culture is evolving. We are getting better and better as a civilization. But the evidence suggests the contrary. We are devolving as a nation and as a world. And it is that moral and spiritual deterioration of our world that is the final sign of the coming of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to talk about today as we continue our series. We're going to look at what the Bible says about the moral deterioration of our world and how it will be a precursor to the return of Jesus Christ. Is our culture really devolving? What evidence is there, Pastor? Let me point out three signs of the moral deterioration of our nation and of our world. First of all, consider the spiritual deterioration of our culture. You saw this week, Pew Research released a major survey in which they revealed that the number of Christians is declining in America. From 2007 until now, that number has gone from 78% of the population who identify as Christians to 70%. For the first time ever, the number of people who don't identify with any faith has risen to one-fourth of our population, nearly 75 million who don't identify with any faith at all. If you heard me on Fox News, you heard me say that this decline in Christianity doesn't just affect Christians. It affects our entire nation and our world. You see, for the first 200 years, this nation benefited from a Christian foundation. And although the beliefs of Christianity were not accepted by everyone, everyone, including non-Christians, benefited from that Christian foundation. It gave our nation a universal and a common understanding of right and wrong. It provided a compelling reason for people to obey what is right because of a fear of God. And for the last 200 years, in essence, 250 years, everyone, including non-Christians, have been freeloading, so to speak, off the benefits of a Christian nation. But now that that foundation is deteriorating and eroding, we are beginning to see the cultural effects of a nation that has moved away from God. You see that, secondly, in the family. That spiritual and moral deterioration manifests itself in the family. Did you know that from 1970 to 2010, the rate of marriage in our country declined by 50%. And that presents all kind of instability in society, single parent homes, children being reared without the benefit of a father and a mother. It's also of interest that since 1960, the divorce rate in our country has nearly doubled. You see, thirdly, the deterioration of our culture in violence. Uh, every year for the last 20 years, there have been over one million violent crimes in our country. 
1947, a sociologist named Dr. Carl Zimmerman wrote a book entitled Family and Civilization. He identified 11 symptoms of decay that were the cause of the fall of the Roman and Greek civilizations. Now, I want you to listen to these 11 signs or 11 symptoms that caused the decay of these civilizations. See if any of them sound familiar. Number one, no-fault divorce. Number two, what he calls the birth dearth, increased disrespect for parenthood and parents. Number three, meaningless marriage rites and ceremonies. Number four, defamation of past national heroes. Number five, acceptance of alternative marriage forms. Number six, widespread attitudes of feminism, narcissism, and hedonism. Number seven, propagation of anti-family sentiment. Number eight, acceptance of most forms of adultery. Number nine, rebellious children. Number 10, increased juvenile delinquency. Number 11, common acceptance of all forms of sexual perversion. Now, Dr. Zimmerman wrote that in 1947, citing the cause of the decline of civilizations thousands of years ago. What is the solution to our moral deterioration? How do you reverse this downward trend? In a word, repentance. You know, when we think of repentance, we think of the scraggly guy with a sandwich board roaming the streets saying, repent, the end of the world is near. The word repent actually is a Greek word, metanoeo. It means a change of mind that leads to a change in behavior. As individuals and as a nation, we need to have a change of mind that leads to a change of direction in our lives. Instead of rebelling against what God has said, we need to start obeying what God has said. Listen, as an individual or a nation, we will never experience God's blessing when we are rebelling against him. It is impossible. No individual, no nation will be blessed that rebels against God. And as a nation, we are rebelling against God. We are shaking our fist in the face of God in two distinct areas. First of all, in the area of what God says about marriage. Let's look and see what the Bible really says about marriage. And the best place to start is at the starting place. That's profound, isn't it? Let's go back to the book of Genesis. And I want you to look at the opening sentence in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In this simple statement, we find the answers to the question, where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? And we find in these opening chapters of Genesis a description of how God created everything that is in the world. And you'll remember that on the sixth day of creation, he performed his crowning work of creation, the creation of mankind. Look at verses 26 through 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God created man in his own image. 
In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over everything that moves on the earth. Now, in this passage, we find several important principles about God's purpose from the beginning. First of all, man is created in the image of God. Look at verse 27. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. That Hebrew word for image literally means statue. A statue is a representation of something else. You and I have been created as statues, as images of someone greater than us. We are created in the image of God. Now, you may love your dog. You may love your cat. You may treat them like little gods, but they're not, okay? They were never created, the Bible said, in the image of God. Only man has been created in the image of God. There is a great gulf between the animal world and in humanity. The Bible says there is a great gulf of separation between men and animals. In 1 Corinthians 15, 39, Paul said, all flesh is not the same flesh. There is one flesh of men and another flesh of beasts and another flesh of birds and another of fish. The Bible says God created man in his own image. Principle number two, God separated mankind into two categories. Male and female. Look at verse 27 again. He created him male and female. There are two categories of creation, not three. God did not create mankind male, female, and question mark. It is male and female. Now, I don't want to get off into the weeds, but we understand that since the fall, because of the fall, there have been some genetic abnormalities that occur. You see it in people who are born uh, deformed, people with handicaps. There are genetic deformities that are part of the fall, but don't miss the big point. The big point is God's original purpose in creation is two categories of human beings, male and female. And in those two categories, you find an equality. Uh, The fact that he said he created them male and female means that both are equal in the sight of God. Don't ever forget that principle. Don't, Don't let somebody tell you that the Bible says that women are inferior to men. Nothing could be further from the truth. Peter said women are fellow heirs with men to the grace of God. He created them male and female. There's an equality, but listen, equality doesn't mean sameness. God never meant for men and women to be the same. If men and women were created to be the same, then one is unnecessary. Why didn't God create everybody to be a man? Or why didn't God ever create everybody to be female? Because there is a difference in function, even though there's an equality in stature before God. And you see this difference from the very beginning in creation. He created them male and female. And that means... There's a difference in the way we act. There's a difference in responsibility. There is a difference in how we relate to one another, including how we relate to one another sexually. And that's why you find the prohibition against homosexual behavior. 
Listen to what the Bible says. Leviticus 18, verse 22. You, talking to men, you shall not lie with a male as one lies with a female. It is an abomination. Leviticus 20, verse 13. If there is a man who lies with a male as those who lie with a woman, both of them have committed a detestable act. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood guiltiness is upon them. Could you be any more clear about what God thinks of the homosexual act? He says it is detestable. He says it is an abomination. That's the word of God. Now, some people would say, well, wait a minute. You Christians, you are so hypocritical because you just pick and choose which verses out of the Bible you want to obey. Because in those same Levitical passages, it also prohibits what you can eat and how you can dress. And it prescribes that you go through all of these rituals in your worship and offering bloody animals as a sacrifice. You don't do those things. Why do you disregard those rules, but you pull out and adhere to these rules? Well, there's a very simple reason for that. There's a very simple answer. The only rules of the Old Testament that apply to us today are those rules that are repeated in the New Testament. We don't live under the Old Testament. We don't follow the Jewish rituals for diet and worship and uh, law. We don't follow those anymore. They are part of the Old Testament. The word old means old. Okay? It doesn't apply to us any longer. We live under the New Testament, the new agreement, the new law of God. And the only parts of the Old Testament we follow are those parts of the Old Testament that are repeated in the New Testament. The New Testament says nothing about dietary restrictions. It says nothing about how you dress, about wearing pieces of uh, garments that have two fabrics in them. It says nothing about how you plant crops. It has nothing about sacrifices. Those things are old. But the Bible does repeat in the New Testament Commandments about adultery and premarital sex and homosexuality. You know, I just don't understand why it is some Christians want to go back and try to live under the Old Testament. It's gone. It's been done away with. It is idiotic to go back and try to keep the dietary restrictions and the feast and all that. Paul said they are shadows of what is in the past. We live under the new agreement. But in this new agreement, there are prohibitions against homosexuality. For example, in Romans 1, verses 26 and 27, Paul said, for this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way also, men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their persons, their bodies, the due penalty of their error. God's word says homosexuality is unnatural. Literally, that means it is against nature. It is against the laws of God. It is against the natural law of God. And there are severe consequences in every area of life for it. Or consider 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 and 10. Paul said, or do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? 
who are the unrighteous, don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, or revilers, or swindlers shall inherit the kingdom of God. Did you get that? Homosexuals, Paul said, will not inherit the kingdom of God. And neither will adulterers. If you've ever committed adultery, you don't get to go to heaven, the Bible says. And by the way, Jesus said, if you've ever lusted in your heart after another person who's not your mate, you're guilty of adultery. So nobody who's lusted gets to go to heaven. No homosexual gets to go to heaven. No fornicator. That's premarital sex. If you've ever had premarital sex, you're out as well. If you're a covetous person, that is somebody who has ever desired what somebody else has, you're not making it to heaven. You're going to hell. If you're an idolater, what's an idolater? It's anybody who loves something more than they love God. If you've ever loved a possession or a person more than you've loved God, count yourself out. You're not going to heaven. Nobody's going to heaven on their own. Verse 11 says, but you were washed. You were covered with the blood. You were sanctified. You were forgiven. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no sin from which you can't be forgiven. Homosexuality is not the unpardonable sin. You can be forgiven of homosexuality. You can be forgiven of any sin, but get this, to be forgiven of a sin, you first must admit that you have sinned. And we have to admit what the Bible says, homosexuality is a sin. That's what the Bible teaches. There's a prohibition against homosexual behavior. Secondly, that leads to there is certainly a prohibition against homosexual marriage. I'm so glad our seniors are here because you can take this message when you hear this said in your classroom and hear it in other places in the university. Well, Jesus never talked about homosexuality and he certainly never said anything about homosexual marriage. Oh, yes, he did. Where did he talk about it? He talked about it in Matthew 19. Turn over to Matthew chapter 19. Remember the Pharisees were trying to trip Jesus up and they came to the Lord and they said, Lord, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? Some of the Pharisees believed in no fault divorce. Others were very strict about it. So they wanted the Lord to try to take a stand and trip himself up. So they said, Lord, answer this divorce question for us. He was so wise and how he did it. He went to the Old Testament that they said they revered. Verse 4, Matthew 19, and Jesus answered and said, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And he said, for this cause, a man shall leave his mother and father and shall cleave to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Consequently, they are no longer two, but they are one. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. When we fast forward from the first century to our own, you can certainly see the parallels of moral confusion in 2022. Our critics, those who oppose Christian values, often try to trip us up with their clever barbs, just as the Pharisees did with Jesus. Most of those assaults do little more than take the dialogue off the main point. At Pathway to Victory, our goal is to present the unfiltered truth of God's Word with grace and to stick to the main point. We believe that our country deeply needs God's truth. 
But we can't do this work of proclaiming God's truth alone. And that's where you come in. Your gift to Pathway to Victory empowers us to pierce the darkness with the light of God's Word. God will use your gift today to reach people from all walks of life. For example, one of our listeners in Oklahoma City sent us this note. He said, Dr. Jeffress, my full-time job is a police officer, but my passion is teaching the Bible. I'm actively engaged in my church teaching Sunday school classes and small groups. I lean on your Bible teaching to help me because you always relate God's truth to everyday life. What an encouraging note that is. And now it's your turn. This loyal listener is doing his part in transforming the American culture. May I count on you to help me reach more people like this policeman? Thank you so much for your continued faithfulness. Remember, when you give today, I'll say thanks by sending you the exclusive book, America is a Christian Nation. Your package will include a DVD message I gave by the same title. David? Thanks, Dr. Jeffers. You are invited to request a copy of the brand new book, America is a Christian Nation, when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. Plus, you'll also receive the full-length companion message on DVD. To request your copy, call 866-999-2965 or go online to ptv.org. And when your gift is $125 or more, we'll also send you both the CD and DVD sets for the America and the Bible teaching series. Plus, you'll receive a copy of the popular book by Dr. Jeffress called Praying for America. This is the last week this special package of resources will be available, so why don't you get in touch today? Again, call 866-999-2965 or go to ptv.org. You could also send your request by mail. Just write to P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. Again, that's P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins. We'll hear the conclusion of this timely message called The New Moral Disorder next time. So be sure to join us again Tuesday for Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas.